Welcome back to Real Estate Happenings, your go-to podcast for all things real estate. This week, we're talking about things to know when buying a rental property. Are you ready? Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This week, I'm your host, Giron G. Fuller, joined alongside my fellow NAN agent, Melissa Perez. Melissa, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Just staying super busy in this crazy market. It's crazy. How's business for you? It's been nonstop since the beginning of the year. Actually, it really hasn't slowed down since last year, I'll say. But it's just picked up even more and more because the rates are going up and stuff. Right. Always a good thing. And I know Mm -hmm. you was recently on vacation. How's that transition getting back into the hustle of the business? Hasn't stopped. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been great. Good, good. So glad to hear that business going well for you as well. Awesome. Well, today, guys, we're going to talk about a topic that is a really big hit right now in the real estate industry and that is rental properties. Between a recent jump in inflation, historical low interest rates, and the mood of millennials to rent instead of own, buying rental property has been an uptick in recent years. But there are definitely a few things you should consider when deciding if a rental property is right for you. So hey, let's get started. So as we're talking about rental properties, one of the first questions that I get a lot as a local real estate agent here in Houston's market is, how do you determine if an investment property is right for you? For me, I would say in my experience when I've you know definitely had a handful of investors in my portfolio, um, I will say that one of the biggest things that I have been asked is to not just to make sure that, you know, the rental comparables will definitely, you know, offset the mortgage right. and everything for the ARV. I do know like school districts are a big, mm-hmm. definitely a big factor Absolutely. when determining if it's a, a really great rental property location, um, condition of home at times, not all mm-hmm. the time. Um, but I would say for me, those are going to be like the biggest things because yeah. at the end of the day, people want to see like more value. Right. They want to see like an increase. Right. So those are all really, really, really great points. And I know as real estate agents here in the Houston market, we have access to a cash flow spreadsheet that we can share with our investor clients. A lot of my clients want to see what is my cash flow should I buy this investment property. And so um, having access and really seeing um, how your your bottom line is going to hit is also very, very important. I noticed too in my experience that a lot of um, rental properties, people think of multifamily homes or Mm -hmm. triplex, triplexes, duplexes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. It could be those um, single family Mm townhomes, right? And especially in the city, you have access to the downtown, midtown. Mm -hmm. I mean, investing in the inner loop is always going to be a perfect investment because you have young professionals like ourselves that are looking to rent and those that may not be ready to buy just yet. Exactly. It's a great transition. It really is. It really is. And get you out of the apartment lifestyle into like a home for the millennial. So there's definitely an audience here for it in Houston. Uh, I was reading the other day and it's very interesting. I was reading that like four or 500 people a day are moving to Houston. I know. And that's just, I think on the low scale, if you ask me. Right. Yes. <laughs> so the market, the demand is definitely out there for it. Would you recommend an investor to buy cash or to finance? What, I, are, what is the difference? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And I think it's going to be different per the investor and, and per the client. And so in my opinion, if the investor have the cash to close, why not buy it in cash and keep your DTI low? 
if they don't, then I think financing is always a, a good direction to go. Um, when as real estate agents, I think sometimes people think that we know all of their finances mm-hmm. and we really don't. That's a lender. Right. And so Correct. I'm going to give my client kind of perspective on what I think would be the best, depending on the area, um, the cost of the house, what assets they do and don't have, but definitely defer them to a lender to kind of have more of that intimate conversation. But I think either option is a good option, just depending on uh, what your financial profile is like. Correct. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So really, really good question. All right. So a common question that I get a lot is um, how do you determine what location to buy in? Right. I know, Melissa, you started working in the suburbs when you first started your career a Mm -hmm. while ago. And now you're kind of ventured out to the city. Mm -hmm. So how would you kind of decide and guide clients on what location in our big city that they should purchase in? I think for for me, just because, you know, being born and raised in Houston and also knowing and being familiar with our like new development services too and uh-huh. finding out like areas that are in the gentrification stages. Yes. Those are definitely going to yes. be hot pocket areas that I can definitely, you know, provide education to my clients that are yes. wanting to be in the city. So having that knowledge and really understanding how which areas of the market of Houston mm-hmm are going to, you know, be able to upsell or not with value right. um, is always definitely a good good tool to have um, whenever I talk to investors that are looking into the city. Right. So that's kind of how I determine it, um, too. And then on top of that, I always end up still pulling my own market stats, too, on an area that I feel like, right. you know, that would be beneficial, like... For instance, uh, Rice University, mm-hmm. always a great area to, to purchase any type of investment property right. because think about the med students yep. and people coming in from all over the country and even out of the country that go to Rice. Right. You know, um, there's also going to be, uh, I would say, even in... Edo, East Edo. Downtown. Oh my I God. Mean, that it's area's growing. Growing like crazy and yep. all the new development that's going to be going Absolutely. on too. So us understanding those knowledge in the right. areas... I feel like is really good for us to be able to tell our clients. Right. And an interesting thing that I noticed last year um, when I was selling homes is a lot of empty nesters are moving to the city. Oh, my goodness. They want these townhomes and these um, rooftop decks and everything. And so it was interesting to see that shift from Mm -hmm. suburban life to the city. And I was noticing a lot of my millennial clients were moving to the suburbs because they're starting to have families. Exactly. (laughs) It's like been a huge shift. Same thing. Yes. I'm getting a lot. Uh, And so I think the city is always going to be a prime location. Um, people are willing to pay the convenience to live in the city. And mm-hmm. so you notice city prices are usually a lot higher than the price in the suburbs because they're paying for the convenience, right? And exactly. so a young professional, an empty nester, they're going to want that close access to the bars, the restaurants, the nightlife. And so I always, always push the city first yeah. um, just because I know that we can probably get that, get at least for top dollar. I agree. Yeah. And then, uh, I was told when talking to one of my lender partners who I recently had lunch with that uh, a good starting price for rent is usually 1% of what they purchased the house for. That is a really good tool. Yeah. So I just, and that was a really good um, example she gave me that way when I'm kind of on the fly, I need to provide clients that feedback. Hey, if you purchase the house for $400,000, you can probably collect about $4,000 in rent for it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, G. Let, let's say, let's talk about this real quick. Uh-huh. Um, as far as like long-term outlook 
for an investor or uh-huh. somebody that wants to buy an investment property. What do you, what's your experience been with that yeah. when speaking to your clients yeah. that are really wanting to hone in on this? Right. Such a phenomenal question. I'm actually, uh, had a conversation last night with one of my client investor clients. And I, I think what we have to understand is that Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. right? And so when, when our investors are buying these properties, they're, they're wanting, sometimes they're wanting to see, uh, extra $2,000 a month that they're pocketing. And it doesn't quite work that way, right? If you're pocketing something and you're in the positive, it's an, it's a good investment, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to think that this particular tenant's rent is paying the taxes, the HOA if there's one in the neighborhood. It's paying the um, your um, mortgage payment. So it's paying quite a bit, right? right? And so if you're pocketing any positive number, right? You're, you're, it's a good investment, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that as real estate agents, we have to constantly educate our clients because that bottom line they're pocketing isn't a couple of thousand dollars. It's maybe a couple hundred, but it's a good investment because you're, you're in the positive. So as long as you remain in the positive, that brings in that um, giving them access to that cash flow spreadsheet that we have access to by being part of the um, Houston Real Estate Association. Love it. That's actually very true. And so, um, so all, all love it is just, it's phenomenal to kind of see what we're able to do in our market when it comes in terms of rent. Um, I think Houston's rents are probably one of the highest, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it's, and it's only it's, getting higher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, over the summertime, it's crazy. I had multiple offers or multiple applications on lease listings. Yeah, and they were going over asking price, which oh, I yeah. thought was so crazy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in the summertime, uh, rent prices always increase. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Crazy. crazy. And especially because of our housing market right now, the way it is, mm-hmm. where there's already multiple offers on homes, on, you know, residential right. sales. And so people that have, are losing out of time, so then they're going to start, then, they, then their next option would be to rent right. for a year. And so they're also competing with that as well. Exactly. So yeah. Yep. All the competition that we deal with. (laughs) It's crazy. It's fun. So I have had this question too been asked as well, like for like long-term tenants for rentals. What about, what are your thoughts um, about considering maybe Section 8? Right. Really, really good question. And I, I recently had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with a client of mine who's is he he's rec- he's he's wanting to buy his first property be an investment property versus a home for himself mm-hmm. which i mean i think is brilliant right why add to your dti when you can buy an investment property for your first property and then allow that one to pay for your next one right and so yeah. here's the thing what i would say about section 8 it is guaranteed income it is guaranteed income it's guaranteed income yeah the yeah. government would be paying the tenant's rent and so you would never have to worry about um Late, late rent because it's coming from the government. So if, if a client of mine is wanting that guaranteed income without the stress of um, filing for evictions and going through kind of that, that process, mm-hmm. I'm going to always recommend Section 8. Um, for my that. investor clients, in any, in any, any tenant landlord situation, you always need to budget for maintenance repairs. Mm-hmm. And that could be part of the um, cash flow spreadsheet that we keep mentioning um, during our conversation today. And so um, always, always just prepare in your budget to kind of account for maintenance expenses. Oh, absolutely. There's always some type of expenses you definitely have to account for whenever managing any type of rental property. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. And sometimes sometimes, um, we can forget 
to include that in, but you mm-hmm. got to think it's going to cost you money to run the property. Exactly. So budget for the unexpected. Yeah. And then um, one thing before we wrap up that I want to kind of throw out is that um, for an investor, always think about hiring a property management company if that works for you. Right. Sometimes investors don't want to deal with the day to day operations. And that's mm-hmm. what I think a, a property management company could be a good segue mm-hmm. for a for a, for a client. It absolutely is. Yep. Wow. Well, that was a lot of really good information. So we hope that this gave you all some insight into what type of things you should consider when thinking of purchasing a rental property. If you have any questions or would like to purchase a property of any kind, please do not hesitate to reach out to myself or my co-host G. Again, I'm Melissa A. Perez, and you can follow me on Instagram at Melissa underscore A underscore Perez. And you can also follow my great colleague, G Fuller at... And you guys can follow me at G-A-N-D Real Estate on Instagram. Instagram, That's G and Real Estate. That's right. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Adios.